Hi guys, this is the second video to look through 1 Timothy 2 together. In the first video, we looked at context and how important context is. Well, on the context, on the background of false teachers, Paul starts writing instructions to help Timothy uh, curb the false teaching in this community. Um, at the beginning of chapter 2, um, Paul writes, first of all, then, and in the Greek, there's this word un, the word therefore, which really is a, a word that signifies that what Paul is about to say is being built as linked to what Paul has just said. And what we see Paul talking about in chapter one is how um, Timothy is to combat the false teaching. And so we know very clearly that the instructions given in chapter two are instructions specifically aimed at combating the false teaching that is worked in, at work in the community. In fact, Douglas Moo puts it very clearly, um, a complementarian scholar, but he, he suggests and says that certainly the instructions that Paul is giving are, are being given um, because of false teaching that was at work in the community. Um, and so we've got to be clear on that as we approach chapter two. And so what are the instructions that he gives? Well, first he speaks um, uh, about the community at large, uh, particularly praying for everyone and specifically for those in authority. Um, Paul's aim in that is, he says, so that people will live a peaceful and quiet life. That word quiet, we're going to look at again later on, but it, that word is really not about volume, but is about peaceability, is about living in a way that uh, doesn't cause unrest or division. Uh, Paul wants the people to live peaceful and quiet life, uh, full of godliness and dignified and everything. And so he speaks to the community at large. And then he gives instructions to the men. And he suggests that the men should stop um, fighting when they get together to pray, which seems like a really good suggestion. All of these things that Paul gives instruction on are, are signals to us of what is going on in the community. Why doesn't Paul tell the women to stop fighting when they pray? Presumably, he wouldn't want the women to fight either. Well, Paul gives those instructions specifically to the men because clearly it was the men in that community having trouble with fighting while they were praying, where the women maybe weren't so much involved in fighting while they prayed. But then Paul moves on from instructions to the men to instructions to the women. And we're going to focus in on these instructions, um, particularly in a subsequent video. We'll uh, focus in on some word studies and make sure we understand the words that Paul is using in their detail. But today what I want to focus on is um, two keys to unlocking 1 Timothy 2. I believe these are the keys that will help us interpret the passage correctly. Uh, and the first key um, that I want to look at is the word quiet uh, that is used in, in chapter 2. When Paul talks to the women in instruction, he says firstly that he addresses the dress code for the women. There was something in the dress code where women were being immodest or ostentatious that was leading to division and unrest in the community. And so Paul addresses the dress code not because he cares about women's fashion, but because he does care about unity being maintained in a community. He then goes on to talk to the women um, about how they are to learn, how they are to teach and exercise authority, and um, roots all of that in his teaching uh, about Genesis. And like I say, we'll look at the specifics of that later on. But what I want to focus on 
is uh, what he frames his instructions to the women um, when he talks about learning and teaching and having authority. In the Greek, we see that there's uh, this word quietness that frames the instruction given in verse 11 and verse 12. He, he starts off the instruction saying, in quietness, a woman is to learn. And he ends the instruction in verse 12 saying, for a woman should be in quietness. This framing, this inclusio, as Philip Payne puts it, is really important for us to see. When we look at passages, any passages in scripture, when there are words that are repeated, that is a signal to us that those words are important in that passage. They are important in the interpretation of the passage and in the meaning from the writer. Um, in chapter two, we have this word quietness um, repeated twice. Um, once in verse 11, once in verse 12, but also the adjective of the noun that's used in those verses, um, it comes at the beginning of the passage, as I said, where Paul talks about living a peaceful and quiet life. Um, the meaning of that word we, we understand from where Paul talks about peaceful and quiet life, the quiet there, like I said, isn't about volume, is about peaceability. And when we look at verse 11 and 12, as that word is repeated for us, we can understand it through the lens that we've already seen Paul use that word, which again isn't anti-speaking or anti-volume, but is against division, is a word that is about having a quiet attitude, if you like, rather than not speaking. Uh, in fact, Bible translations had in the past translated that word as silence, but actually have changed that in recent years to be quiet because they recognize, the translators themselves recognize that uh, silence isn't the right nuance of the word for that context, but rather quietness even then doesn't fully do it justice, but gives uh, is closer to the nuance where it's not talking about Paul not wanting the women to speak, but it is talking about uh, Paul wanting the women to be peaceable, to not bring division, not be um, argumentative or quarreling in how they approach um, both learning and speaking and having authority. So that's a, a really big key to understand the passage because it's a principle in the passage. When Paul says, I don't allow a woman to teach or have authority, for she must be in quietness, it gives us the principle. What is his guiding aim in the passage? It's this quietness of attitude. It's this peaceability that is his guiding principle. And that's important for us because unless we understand that principle, we will apply it incorrectly today. Um, obviously, in that community, a woman teaching or having authority over a man was causing something different to that quietness in attitude, and they were mutually exclusive. Hence, Paul says, don't do this because don't teach or have authority because I want you to be peaceable. But if we apply the same today, we'll do a disservice to the principle that Paul was aiming at. Um, because in today, um, in today's terms, in today's context, uh, teach, neither teaching nor having authority over a man are in and of themselves mutually exclusive with being peaceable, with having a quietness of attitude. And so we've got to do some work now to understand how to apply Paul's principle of peaceability, of quietness of attitude today to maintain the meaning of the principle that he wanted. 
The second key that we need to look at um, is this question of whether this was a universal principle that Paul was, Paul was advising, Paul was instructing. And there's some really important things to see here. First of all, uh, in verse 12, where it says, I do not permit, is how most English translations put it. Um, it's technically right. You can translate that, that I do not permit uh, from the Greek for sure. Unfortunately, it doesn't carry the nuance in the Greek. Uh, um, I've got, I'm going to read this so that I make sure that I don't get this wrong. But in the Greek, uh, it's the word epitrepo that's being used. I am not permitting. Uh, and it's a, it's a Greek word that Paul uses in the first person singular, present active indicative. That's the structure that Paul is using as he uses that word. When we look at that Greek structure, that first person indicative present structure that Paul uses in other places in the New Testament, more often than not, that's really important, more often than not, Paul uses that structure from the first person to bring advice that is temporary rather than universal commands. When Paul wants to bring a universal command more often than not in the New Testament, it's the imperative form that he uses. It's not this Greek form that we see used here in 1 Timothy 2 verse 12. Uh, furthermore, we see, and, and the, I'm quoting scholars here, I'm quoting Philip Payne and Douglas Moo, like I've said, who's a, a complementarian, but I'm quoting them when I give you these statistics. Uh, when the word epitrepo is used um, in the Greek Old Testament, that word is never used as a universal um, instruction. And when it's used in the Greek New Testament, uh, more often than not, that word is not used as a universal instruction. In fact, there are only two examples of that word in the New Testament being used as universal instructions. And neither of those uh, examples have the Greek uh, form that is used here in terms of the first person indicative. That's really important for us to get. Um, it's, it's not... And necessarily, the form that's used here is not necessarily a universal command. Another thing to think about when we're thinking, is this a universal command, is to ask the very obvious question which Craig Keener raises. If this was a universal command, if this was how Paul um, worked in all of the churches that he worked in, that women were neither to teach nor have authority over men, why does he need to give that as an instruction to Timothy, who knew well Paul's, uh, Paul's habits, how Paul worked within church communities? Uh, Timothy and Paul were traveling companions. They planted church together. Uh, Timothy knew how Paul worked. And so it seems rather strange that in this context in chapter 2, rather than Paul saying, as you well know, which is something that he did do when the people he was writing to already knew what he was about to say, rather than saying that, Paul instructs Timothy seemingly a new instruction, um, which certainly seems at odds with this being a universal instruction, a universal way that Paul did church life. And lastly, and again, rather obviously, uh, Paul doesn't seem to follow this instruction. 
uh, in the rest of the New Testament. He, he brings teaching elsewhere that seems at odds with this in how he teaches men and women um, without gender qualification, without gender disqualifications to teach, to exercise uh, gifts of the spirit, including teaching and leading. And um, Paul, when he uh, commends women in Romans 16, he certainly doesn't seem to have problems with women who were uh, significant players in the church world, women who uh, were well known across provinces. Uh, how else would women become well known in ministry unless they were performing public forms of ministry? And so these are two keys for us to think about. One is this guiding principle of peaceability, of quietness, of attitude, which is what Paul wants to see and stated in this church, something that was missing in this church. And then the second interpretive key, really important for us, this question of, is this a universal instruction? If it's not a universal instruction, then we need to start asking some questions about how we apply this in everyday church communities. We've got to be careful not to make a temporary instruction a universal one.